This is section 6.2 of AMSCO, State Expansion. King Leopold II of Belgium wanted the Belgian government to conquer colonies in the large swath of Central Africa, the Congo Basin. The government was ambivalent, so Leopold established a private colony himself. However, the Belgian parliament found the king's rule so abusive that in 1908, it took control of the region away from him. Similarly, the Dutch government revoked the charter of the Dutch East India Company for abusing its power to make treaties, build forts, and maintain armed forces in Southeast Asia. While these unusual shifts of power were taking place, other European governments, such as, uh, as well as the United States, Russia, and Japan, continued territorial expansion through conquest and settlement. Imperialism in Africa Europe had a long-standing relationship with Africa because of the slave trade. Although most European countries had declared the importation of slaves from Africa illegal by the early 1800s, Europeans continued to export guns, alcohol, and other manufactured goods to Africa and import African natural resources, such as palm oil, gold, and ivory. England desired palm oil in particular because it kept the machinery in its textile factories from becoming rusty. In the last part of the 19th century, European tastes for African diamonds and ivory kept European empires thriving throughout the African continent. Expanding beyond trading posts. For most of the 1800s, European presence in Africa was restricted to trading posts, with a few exceptions. The French seized Algeria in 1830, declaring they wanted to prevent pirate attacks. Dutch immigrants had lived in South Africa since the 1600s, and British colonists became more numerous starting in the early 1800s. In the second half of the 1800s, European nations expanded their presence in Africa with the help of better military technology. For example, the discovery of quinine, a medicine that treats the tropical diseases of malaria, reduced the danger of living in warm, humid regions. The steamship assisted the early trips of individual explorers and business owners. British control of Egypt. Europeans had long dreamed of dramatically shortening the water route to Asia by building a canal connecting the Red Sea with the Mediterranean Sea. A 100 mile long canal could save a trip around the entire continent of Africa. This feat was finally accomplished in 1869 when the Suez Canal was completed. A French company managed the project, but most of the labor was performed by as many as 1.5 million Egyptians. Many of them were corvée laborers, unpaid workers who were forced to work on the project as a form of taxation. Thousands died in the course of 10 years. When unrest in the region threatened British commercial interests and the operation of the canal in 1882, Britain seized control of Egypt away from the Ottoman Empire. British West Africa. Great Britain established several colonies in West Africa before the mid-19th century. In these colonies, Britain spread Western education, the English language, and Christianity. Sierra Leone was established in 1787. It was a home for freed people from throughout the British Empire who had been enslaved. Gambia was established in 1816. It and Sierra Leone were used as bases to try and stop the export of enslaved people from the region. Lagos 
uh, became a crown colony in 1861 and served as the base for annexation of much of the rest of what is now India, uh, sorry, Nigeria. Britain acquired parts of what is now Ghana in stages. For example, the Gold Coast became a crown colony in 1871, but the Asante Empire to the north did not come under British control until 1901. Britain used diplomacy and warfare to expand its empire. For example, in 1873, Britain signed a treaty with King Haha of Opobo in present-day Nigeria, an area rich with palm oil, reorganizing him as a ruler and agreeing to trade terms favorable for both sides. Other African rulers agreed to similar diplomatic treaties with foreign powers, believing they were protecting sovereignty and trade rights. However, as European competition increased for control of African lands, the treaties became meaningless and warfare was the inevitable result as Africans resisted takeover but met with overpowering military strength. The French in Africa France drove the Ottomans out of Algeria in 1830. By 1870, Algeria had become a settler colony, attracting Spanish, Italian, and Maltese as well as French immigrants. In the 1870s, the French also established trading posts in Guinea, the Ivory Coast, and Niger to compete with British West African colonies. The European Scramble for Africa Tensions mounted among industrialized European nations as they competed for natural resources in Africa. Leaders feared that the scramble for Africa, the competing efforts of the Europeans to colonize Africa, would lead to war. Berlin Cod Conference. Otto von Bismarck of Germany had little interest in the colonies, but he did want to keep peace in Europe. In 1884 and 1885, he hosted the Berlin Conference, a meeting of European powers to provide for the orderly colonization of Africa. No Africans were invited to the conference. European powers peaceably agreed to colonial boundaries and to the free movement of goods on Africa's major rivers, such as the Niger River and the Congo River. In most of the continent, Europeans established colonial borders that were merely artificial lines that meant little to the people who lived with them. These borders divided long unified societies into different colonies and united longtime rival groups into the same colonies. When these colonies became independent states in the later 20th century, these borders became the cause of extensive warfare by making national unity very difficult. South Africa and the Boer Wars During the Napoleonic Wars, which is between 1799 and 1815, the British replaced the Dutch in the Cape Colony in the southern tip of Africa. The British introduced the use of English, but allowed people to use the Dutch language as well. Many of the Dutch-speaking Afrikaners, the descendants of the 17th century Dutch settlers, moved east of the Cape Colony, and they came into conflict with indigenous groups, including the Zulus, with whom they, thought, whom they fought several wars. Throughout the 19th century, the British and Afrikaners continued to fight over land. This conflict came to a boil in the Boer Wars, which lasted between 1880 and 1881 and 1899-1902. These conflicts were bloody and brutal. In the end, the British army drove the Afrikaners and Africans from their lands, forcing many into refugee camps. These settlements, which were segregated by race, 
came to be known as concentration camps. Medical care and sanitation were very poor, and food rations were so meager that many of the interned died of starvation. Once news arrived in Britain about the wretched conditions of these camps, activists tried to improve the lives of displaced refugees. However, while white camps received some attention, conditions in black camps remained terrible. Of the 100,000 blacks interned in concentration camps, nearly 15,000 perished. By the end of the Boer Wars, the British had absorbed the settler colonies of British and Afrikaner peoples and the black Africans in the southern tip of Africa into its empire. Millions of Afrikaner and black African farmers had been displaced onto poor land, making it hard for them to earn a decent living. Congo. By the 18th by 1875, Western European nations were poised to penetrate Africa's superior. King Leopold II of Belgium oversaw the invasion and pacification of the Congo in Central Africa in order to persuade the Belgian government to support colonial expansion. Unlike other, other European rulers, King Leopold owned the colony personally, including... Um, using colonial officials against indigenous colon Congolese and a ruthless system of economic exploitation that allowed him to keep the profits made by the Congo Free State, which totaled some 20, 220 million francs. Visitors to the colony reported on the brutal conditions for the laborers who were forced to harvest ivory and rubber. For example, Leopold's agents severed the hands of Congolese workers in order to terrorize others into submission. Workers could not meet their workers who could not meet their quotas were beaten or killed, while others were worked to death. Although the term slavery was not commonly used when describing imperial activities, laborers in the Congo often received no payment for their backbreaking work, and their spouses were held captive so that the workers could not run away. As many as eight million people perished under King Leopold's reign of terror in the Congo. In, eight, in 1908, Belgium took over uh, control of the Congo as a regular colony and conditions improved. Independent countries. By the 1900, uh, the only African countries unclaimed by Europeans were uh, modern day Ethiopia and Liberia a country founded by formerly enslaved people from the United States. Because Liberia had a dependent relationship with the United States, it was not fully independent. Italy attempted to conquer uh, Ethiopia in 1895, but the native forces were too strong for the Italians. Imperialism in South Asia. Portugal, France, and England competed for control of India's spices, germs, and uh, sorry, gems, and trade with regions to the east. Portugal established a coastal trading port on the southwestern coast in Goa in the early 16th century. However, it never extended its control inland. France established trading posts in the 17th century. However, its loss to Britain in the global conflict known as the Seven Years' War, which lasted between 1756 and 1763, drove the French out of India. England's East India Company, known as EIC, steadily enroached on the land of the weak Mughal Empire. Eventually, 
Britain controlled the entire Indian subcontinent, from Pakistan in the west to Kashmir in the north, to Bengal in the east, to the island of Ceylon, which is Sri Lanka in the south. At first, the EIC's small forces of British soldiers protected the firm's employees. As the British crept into India's interior, they began recruiting native Indian soldiers, called sepoys, to join the British colonial army. However, as explained in the next topic, the sepoys ignited an unsuccessful rebellion against the British in 1857. Imperialism in East Asia China did not experience imperialism in the same way that South Asia or Africa did. It maintained its own government throughout a period of European economic domination. As a result of a superior military strength, European nations carved out spheres of influence within China over which they had exclusive trading rights and access to natural resources. Internal problems within the Qing government, such as the Taiping Rebellion, made it easier for foreign countries to dominate the economic affairs of China. During the Taiping Rebellion, which began in 1850, failed civil servant uh, applicant Hong Ziwan and starving peasants, workers, and miners attempted uh, to overthrow the Qing dynasty. With the help of some warlords, along with French and British intervention, the Qings prevailed in 1864. In the midst of the war, adding to China's internal problems, the Yellow River uh, changed course, flooding farmland in some areas and leaving others open to drought. With agricultural lands devastated, famine followed, during which many Chinese starved to death. Adding to the troubles, the bubonic plague broke out at this time. By the end of the fighting, the rebellion was probably responsible for the deaths of more than 20 million people, more than half of whom were civilians. Between 1899 and 1901, an anti-imperialist group called the Boxers, named because many of their members practiced martial arts, which were known as Chinese boxing, was attacking Chinese Christians and Western missionaries. The Empress Dowager Xu Ji encouraged the Boxers and, in 1900, ordered that all foreigners be killed. However, most of the estimated 100,000 people who were killed were Chinese Christians. Only about 200 to 250 foreigners died during the Boxer Rebellion. The Empress and the Queen Court suffered a humiliating defeat that undermined the legitimacy. Western powers and influence continued to erode Chinese sovereignty in subsequent years. Japan. Industrialized countries outside of Europe also desired colonies. Japan had sharply limited its contact with other countries since the early 1600s. In 1853, United States Commodore Matthew Perry came to Japan in large warships to secure a treaty that opened Japanese ports to trade. In the following decade, Japan overthrew its traditional government in an uprising called the Meiji Restoration and began to rapidly industrialized, hoping it could become strong enough to protect its distinctive culture. So this is known as defensive modernism, where Japan was modernizing itself and adopting Western technology in order to protect its traditional culture. As part of this change, Japan began to look outward for territorial gains. An island nation with few natural resources and little arable land, it sought lands and natural resources to fuel its own growth. 
partly to relieve population pressures in rural areas and partly to gain knowledge of foreign places, Japan's government began to encourage agricultural workers to take seasonal contract work on Hawaii, Guam, and other locations. Through a colonization society established in 1893, leaders began plans to establish colonies in Mexico and Latin America. Japan set up an empire in East Asia that included parts of China, Korea, Southeast Asia, and Pacific Islands that lasted from the 1890s until the end of World War II. Imperialism in Southeast Asia Portugal and Spain originally controlled European trade with Southeast Asia. After 1600, the power shifted and the Dutch and English supplanted them. The Dutch in Southeast Asia Dutch imperialism in Southeast Asia began with a private company, just as English imperialism in South Asia had. In 1641, the Dutch seized control of the Spice Islands, now part of Indonesia, so-called because they produced spices such as cloves and nutmeg that were in great demand in Europe. The Dutch East India Company, which is known as VOC, took over the spice trade from the Portuguese, setting up several trading posts on the archipelago. Although the trade was very profitable for the VOC, corruption caused the company to go bankrupt in 1800. Once the VOC folded, the Dutch government itself took control of the Dutch East Indies. By the mid-19th century, the islands were producing cash crops to export the to export to the Dutch uh, state nation and to support the Dutch economy. Plantations produced tea, rubber, and sugar for export purposes, a situation that limited rice cultivation and eventually created enormous hardships for Indonesian farmers who relied on rice to survive. Although criticism of this agricultural policy forced the Dutch government to implement humanitarian reforms, the reforms failed to meet the needs of the Indonesian people. The French in Southeast Asia The French government also wanted an imperial presence in Asia. After it defeated China in the Sino-French War of, of 1883 to 1885, France controlled uh, northern Vietnam. France later pressured Siam to cede control of the territory of modern-day Laos to the French. By the 1890s, France controlled Cambodia, Laos, and modern-day Vietnam. Together, these nations became known as French Indochina. French motives for imperialism were like those of the Dutch, a desire for cash crops. Soon, rubber plantations dotted the landscape of Cambodia and Vietnam. The British in Southeast Asia British influence in Southeast Asia began when the East India Company acquired the land of Penang off the northwest coast of the Malay Peninsula in 1786. In 1824, the British founded the port of Singapore. Chinese migrants soon made it to the most important seaport in Southeast Asia. Eventually, Britain controlled all of the Malay Peninsula, Burma, which is Myanmar, and northern of Borneo. British investors were originally attracted by the region's mineral wealth, especially tin and gold. In addition, Britain promoted the planting of cash crops such as pepper, tobacco, plant oil, and rubber. By the end of the 19th century, Malaya uh, was the world's greatest producer of natural rubber. Siam 
Only one Southeast Asian nation, Siam, which is modern-day Thailand, managed to escape the clutches of 19th century European imperialism. Siam's monarchs definitely handled diplomatic relations with the British and French, whose colonies bordered Siam. The Siamese uh, government also instituted a series of modernizing reforms, similar to Japan's Meiji reforms. The government began to industrialize by building railroads, and it set up Western-style schools in order to create an educated populace who could fill in the ranks of an efficient government bureaucracy. Australia and New, and New Zealand After the loss of its American colonies, Britain began to consider the possibility of establishing various kinds of settlements in Australia, finally deciding to locate a penal colony there. In 1788, the first convicts, along with some free settlers, lived uh, and moved to Australia, and the East Coast became known as New South Wales. In the 1820s, Britain took possession of the entire continent. For decades, the chief economic activity of the colony was to house convicts. The discovery that Australia was well-suited for producing wine, uh, fine wool produced a uh, uh, provided a new industry, and in the 1830s, a large number of free settlers began to arrive. The discovery of copper in 1842 um, and gold in 1851 helped spur growth. When Britain annexed the settler colony of New Zealand in 1839, it was made a part of New South Wales. Two years later, after the Treaty of Waitangi guaranteeing the rights of the original Maori, inhabitants would be protected by the British crown, it became a separate colony. Nevertheless, open war broke out as European settlers enroached the Maori lands. The Australian gold rushes provided a market for foodstuffs raised by New Zealand farmers, both European and Maori. For many years, sheep grazing and, da and dairy farming provided the base for the colony's economy. U.S. Imperialism in Latin America and the Pacific During the 19th century, the United States continued taking land from indigenous peoples, as Europeans had done since Columbus arrived. One notorious episode was the forced relocation of eastern woodlands peoples from the southeast to a new Indian territory in what is now Oklahoma. So many Native Americans died from exposure, malnutrition, disease, and exhaustion that this forced migration became known as the Trail of Tears. In 1831, President James Monroe issued the Monroe Doctrine, which stated that European nations could not interfere in the affairs of countries in the Western Hemisphere. Implied in the doctrine was a desire to be an imperial power in the Americas. This desire played out in the United States War with Mexico, which lasted between 1845 and 1848 through which the United States gained vast territories in the southwest from Mexico. Expansion on land White Americans believed that they had a manifest destiny, a natural and inevitable right to expand to the Pacific Ocean. The United States bought Alaska from Russia in 1867. Uh, Russia sold that land to the United States because it wanted to focus on its trade in East Asia. Two years later, in 1869, the completion of the Transcontinental Railway spurred development of the American West. As white settlers moved westward to take advantage of offers of free land, Native Americans were forced onto reservations. In 
1893, the U.S. Bureau of Census declared that the Western frontier was now closed. Expansion Overseas The United States turned its focus to lands overseas. The United States was not a global power for most of the 19th century. The Second Industrial Revolution brought newfound prosperity to the young republic. Economic considerations, as well as feelings of nationalism and cultural superiority, drove Americans' desire for territorial conquest. A group of American planters overthrew Hawaii's constitutional monarchy in 1895. The islands did not become a United States territory until 1900. In the meantime, the United States was victorious in the Spanish-American War in 1898 and bought uh, Guam, Cuba, Puerto Rico, and the Philippines under the United States control. President, President Theodore Roosevelt a proponent of social Darwinism, was especially eager to expand United States' influence throughout the Western Hemisphere. The 1904 Roosevelt Corollary to the Monroe Doctrine stated that if countries in Latin America demonstrated quote-unquote instability, the United States would intervene. It did this several times. For example, in 1904, Roosevelt sent United States troops to occupy a Caribbean island nation, the Dominican Republic, until it repaid its foreign debts. Russian Expansion Empress Catherine II the Great set out to expand the Russian Empire in all directions during her reign, annexing about half of Poland as well as territory won from the Ottoman Empire. Her grandson, Alexander I, annexed Finland, Moldova, Georgia, Azerbaijan, and part of Armenia during his reign. Beginning in the 1740s, British, uh, sorry, Russian merchants sponsored voyages, voyages to Alaska. In 1808, the Russian-American Company, which was similar to the British and Dutch East India Companies, established permanent headquarters in Novo um, Arkhangelsk, which is modern-day Sivka. From there, they explored the west coast of North America. In 1811, they selected the site for a settlement on Fort Ross in California. They abandoned Fort Ross in 1839 and in 1867 sold Alaska to the United States, ending Russian plans to make the North Pacific a Russian sea. Russia continued to push into Central Asia during the 19th century, leading to an intense rivalry between the British and Russian empires as they competed unsuccessfully for dominance in Afghanistan, a rivalry that came to be known as the Great Game. Russia also succeeded in annexing lands from China, most notably a large portion of Manchuria. And that concludes uh, section 6.2 of AMSCO. Thank you.